Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Soul. So today we're going to have one of my first interviews in a long time. I'm going to be interviewing Barbara Ann Boire about her journey from the business consulting world to the world she's in now. These days, Barbara Ann's a psychotherapist who loves helping her clients navigate through major life transitions of every kind. Listen in as BA, that's how those of us who know her really well call her, BA. Listen in as BA shares how she opened her intuitive channels and kept saying yes until she discovered psychotherapy was the career she'd been seeking. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. So let's dive in right away. So Barbara Ann, it's really great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about your journey from the consulting world to the world where you are now. And it's a very different place indeed. So where I want to start is tell me all about what you're doing now and especially what you love the most about it. Uh, right now, uh, what I'm doing is I'm a psychotherapist and I'm helping people through transition, through change. Um, I love that um, I get to guide people in their journey and uh, provide them with tools um, that help them become their authentic self. Okay, so what kind of transitions might, like if I was working with you, what kind of transition might I be facing? Uh, any kind of transition, really, it would be um, example from going from uh, school to university, those types of transitions where you're on your own for the first time, um, job changes or career changes as well, um, grief, uh, feeling the loss of someone, as well as, um, well, what we just came out of with COVID and um, in the changes that COVID brought to all aspects of our life. So really, pretty much any transition a human being can go through, you can help them. Right. <laughs> and, and so what, what's it like for you every day getting up and doing what you do right now? Like, how does it feel to you? It feels great because I, I get to be with people um, who have been feeling stuck, um, who are not uh, living their true self and um, who've been in situations where they're burnt out or they, they don't, they know that there's something more out there for them to do, but they don't know how to access it. And so I'm able to, to help people through those, those types of changes. Okay, so that, that's cool. So what I want to do is now I want to take you back to where you're coming from, because it's a very different spot. So let, let's do that. Let's talk about what you used to do. So tell me what you used to do. We talked about the consulting word, but that's 
a little bit vague. What, what, what do we mean by that? Yeah, I used to be um, a director of consulting and that um, I was a consultant for the better part of 25 years. And what that entailed was um, once uh, projects were, well, I was part of projects, I led projects in various industries um, and uh, for different, different aspects of the financial reporting. So what I did was um, when I started out, I was in accounting and we were doing everything, the financial closes on spreadsheets. And through the explosion of technology, um, I became part of that working of bringing that technology to different companies in different in industries uh, and helping them automate their closing process and their financial reporting process. Okay. So I and and so like without going into too much detail about the content of it, like what did it feel like doing that? Like what it was like in your everyday? And did you really, really love it when you started out doing it? I did. I did love it because uh, the technology was changing every two years. So we're, there was a lot of variety. There was a lot of learning. There was a lot of um, variety that I really enjoyed. And I got to travel as well. So that was uh, an exciting part because I, I do like to travel. Yeah. So I guess that's why you did it for 25 years, right? Yes. <laughs> I got to see a lot of places that I wouldn't normally have been to. So that was, right. uh, that was a plus side for the, for the job. Right. And was there anything that you didn't enjoy about it? Um, well, there's a lot of stress. There was a lot of in learning on your own um, and learning what the technologies do. Um, and it is a time, you know, just traveling in and of itself takes a lot of time out of the week and uh, doesn't leave you for much time to yourself. Um, part of the monotony of being in a hotel and being away from home and what your the comforts, the creature comforts of home and being with people um, was was challenging. That was a challenging. Yeah. So when, one thing I found, because there was a fair bit of travel in, in my work as well, especially some of the other people I worked with had to travel a lot more than I did. And I love to travel personally, but traveling for business is quite a different thing. It's not glamorous in the it's way that we imagine. I know for me that I was, I, I traveled to many American cities and I don't literally even know which ones I've been in because it was always the same as like taxi to the hotel and some conference meet, conference room someplace. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's not going on vacation and exploring the city that you're in. It's exactly that going from the airport to the hotel to the business back to the hotel back to the airport and away you go. Yeah. That's one thing about actually living our careers is finding out what it's really like, instead of just what we imagine it might be like. So I, I'm wondering if you could take me back to the moment that you would define as the beginning of your transition, the moment that you decided that you were gonna switch from this world that you were just describing to being a psychotherapist? Like the link isn't exactly clear. <laughs> it's not evident. No. Um, 
Well, in the end of 2017, um, I had come through uh, a difficult period. My mother had passed away and um, I was the company that I was working for had downsized and I was part of that downsizing. So um, I was left for the first time with um, with no pressing um no pressing job, no pressing responsibilities. And I realized how burnt out I was. And I just, instead of turning around and looking for another job right away, I thought, no, I'm gonna take my time. I'm going to, you know, I don't know how long that's going to be. It might be weeks, it might be months, but I'm now going to say yes. I'm gonna say yes to the things that I like because before that, I would say, oh, I'd like to do this. And then quickly I would say, no, I'll, I'll put that off. I'll do that mm -hmm. some other time. Uh, now is not the right time. So in January of 2018, I said to myself, whatever comes up that I think there, there's an interest in there that I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to say yes to. So in that January, I started with a meditation class. Mm -hmm. um, hadn't meditated before. And I uh, looked up on the internet, you know, where the meditation classes were in my area. And I went to, to that class. Um, also in January, I said yes to a writer's workshop. It's where I met you. Yay. Um, yay. <laughs> and in that writer's workshop, um, there was going to be a, um, a trip to Shalani. And I thought, yeah, I'd like to do that. Yes to that again. Yeah. So, so just backing up there, that was, uh, we have a, a friend that runs these amazing retreats and I don't know how we describe those retreats. They're pretty heavy on spiritual development, personal development. And uh, Shalani is a place, beautiful resort in Mexico. So I think we were both on that trip together. Yes, yes. It was an amazing trip. Um, and um, I also said yes to other things like uh, acrylic painting. Um, I said yes to going to Iceland uh, for a photography trip. Um, but, but for the, how I got into psychotherapy, I, that meditation class that I first took led to other classes, uh, in a program called the total selves. And there were 10 courses in that, uh, total self and what that those classes were, what they were um focusing on is like spirituality as well as um your inner self looking at your inner self um and um energetic work as well like things like uh, chakras which i hadn't known before uh learned about chakras and their energy and what they were um responsible for if you will, uh, what area of the body and, and um, things like colors and sounds and uh, that kind of thing. Um, also, we looked at spirituality and being human, um, the concept of a higher self or a true self. And these were things that were new to me and um, saying yes to them. I found that I was with other people 
who would talk openly about energies and and their inner child, which is a concept I didn't know about up until that point. So, so um, kind of like by saying yes, you just kept following the threads and, and then following things that sparked your interest. Right. Right. And, and then diving in deep. And then what I'm hearing is that you found yourself eventually surrounded by different people. Mm-hmm. And you, then before you started this journey of saying yes, is that right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And I really felt like I had met my tribe. Um, They were all um, people who were coming from similar background to me in the sense of a corporate world, or there were a number of different people who were, you know, either real estate agents or dentists or um, uh, pharmaceuticals, and they were all very established um, professions, but coming into this, wanting to know more, wanting to more about the spiritual side of things and, and getting to know themselves as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so cool. So that's how you were making your decisions then. Now, I know as you finished your studies, you pursued your studies, and then you finished them. Um mm-hmm you know, you've probably changed your minds a few, few times about what you're going to specialize in. So like the decision-making process continues, it continues for you. It continues for me. It continues for all of us, all our lives. Right. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm wondering now that you've had that experience, like what guides your decisions now as you make your decisions? Um, mostly my intuition. One thing that I really found, um, was when going in, you're listening to yourself and you're listening to that inner voice that says that feels right or getting that feeling that that body somatic feeling that says when something comes up, I'm resonating with it. So it must mean something or I'm not resonating with it. And that's got to mean something too. And so to be more, um, more conscious of that really. And so can you describe, like, I know how it feels in my body when I have an intuitive flash or um, I know that something is resonating with me. How does it feel to you in your body when that happens? Uh, sometimes it's a shiver. I feel a shiver, like goosebumps kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's when somebody usually says something and I think, Oh, that that's good. That's, you know, that's gone in that yeah. it's kind of, I feel it like it's uh, jiggling around in my marrow, you know, it's yeah. like I can feel it in my bones. Um, and then at other times it's just a feeling of affirmation. It's just like that warm feeling of, yeah, this is, this makes sense. Yeah. And um, when it doesn't resonate, um, I, I get almost a feeling of putting a shield up. It's right. like, no, that's, that's not something I want to go down, you know, down the road with. Um, so for instance, I don't listen to the news hardly at all. Cause that kind of, um, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good to me. So I, I right. turn that off. So you, you really um, are very consistent now about making your decisions from that embodied knowing sense. Exactly. Yeah, very much. 
Whereas before, I would still feel that knowing, but I would push it down and I wouldn't act on it. I'd be like, no, I can't do that now. That's not appropriate now. I'll save that for later. And then later doesn't come. Right. And that's, I think, what so many of us do. And that's why so many of us are stuck where we are. And the best way to get unstuck, here's my big thing. Um, it's, It's not going to all the recruiters, going to all your friends, going to your parents or whoever, the authorities or people whose opinions you respect to find out what you should do next because they actually never know what's right for you. The best Mm -hmm. thing to do is to go inside your body because your body will always tell you the right thing for you. Absolutely. I, I really believe that your body holds your story in detail. Yeah. And you just have to tap into that and see um, what it what it brings for you. You know, um, there was also some modalities that um, we had done. We had done in Shalani as well as uh, in school is, you know, checking in with your body to see um, if you're getting like a yes or a no answer um, or like just checking in to see if your intuition is right or, you know, if you wanted to get another opinion kind of thing to check in on that. So um, I find those are those were helpful when I began this journey mm-hmm. uh, because I was doubting myself and I was thinking this is all kind of woohoo stuff and this energy stuff um, wasn't anything that I was brought up with or taught in school, um, but I was open to it and I was open-minded to it and thinking, well, I'll try it and see what it, what resonates. And people around me um, were of that mind too. They were saying, if it resonates, great. If it doesn't, put it aside. It's not meant for you right now. And there was no, you have to do it this way. This is the way you, you know, you've, you pick up on your own intuition. It was more of, um, you know, try it see if it works. One size doesn't fit everybody. One type of um, way to access your intuition doesn't fit everybody as well. You know, um, in, in the group, in the groups that I'm with, there are people that, you know, I'd said, sometimes I, I get goosebumps, you know, some people hear an affirmation Let's say that says yes, like an audible affirmation. Never had that. Um, so it was sort of like, well, I know how I react to things. Um, and I respect if people, if different people have different ways of accessing their intuition. Yeah, I think that the thing that's interesting about intuition is it has a quality of certainty or of knowing that comes mm-hmm. with it. And when you, when you're starting out with this whole thing of connecting with your body, you might notice intellectually that feeling of knowing or certainty, and you can then go into your body and see what's happening in your body. As you say, it's different for all of us. And then you can start to see the patterns that arise for you. And then, then it's kind of like a cheerleader saying, yes, you're right. This is, you're on track. Yay. Do this. (laughs) The, the other thing that's great about embodied knowing is it also gives us clear no answers. So I find yeah. that um, for myself, especially if I have people around me 
giving me like I'm doing like little hand quotes right now, advice. <laughs> usually means they've got an agenda for me that they want me to do, or they're just in their world knowing what they know, but not knowing what's best for me. And they, they give me advice. And sometimes they might be quite persuasive. And I start like kind of second guessing myself and trying to over, over, overrun my own desires with what somebody else wants for me. But if I go back into my body and say, okay, like I say to myself, I should do this, like whatever they recommend. And what happens for me is I'll feel a clenching. I'll feel a tightening, a constriction, or it might even be painful. And then I know, no, no, that's a clear no. That's, that's a no go for Heather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a parts of us that there's a part of us that wants us to feel um, to feel presentable, to be the best that we can be, you know, and that's where I find the shoulds. You should do this. You should do that. You know, um, you should do this and not that. And that part of us uh, wants us to make decisions that are acceptable to other people and maybe not acceptable to, to our core core beliefs, you know, and it's, it's navigating through those voices or those feelings that we have, those sensations that come up. And it, um, I used to be very critical of those shoulds, you know, especially when I turned around and said, I'm going to say yes to things. You know, the shoulds were like, whoa, wait a minute, we're not, we're losing control here because we had control for so many years about what I should do. And um, it was kind of turning that conversation to that part of me that says shoulds and said, mm, not, not now. Like, yeah. I really, I really respect your opinion, yeah. but not now, you know. And yeah. Like shoulds are usually a red flag that it's, yeah. The, the opposite is true that you shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. And it's a red flag, but you're right. You have to treat it like um, you have to give that part of you. It, it comes from fear. Yeah. And so you have to treat that part of you with kindness and compassion and say, you, you know, exactly what you said. I, I, I know that you think that I need to do this right now. You're trying to keep me safe. You're trying to protect me. And no, we're not going to do that right now. We're going to do this other thing. Exactly. And I, I come to look at it as a protector. You're yeah. trying to protect me and I'm going to stop for a moment and think, and no, I don't need protection right now, but you know, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> and then, you know, go back into my inner, inner self and say, okay, you've got the floor. What, you know, what do you want to do right now? What would enrich you and your life at this moment? Exactly. So I think that's like a big, what I'm hearing about your journey is that's a really big part of it is really just following the yeses and then following your intuition and just having this huge feeling of openness as you go. When we were speaking earlier, mm -hmm. I told you I'd ask you this. And so I'm going to ask you this now, what are your top three biggest takeaways that you'd like to share with all the savvy souls who are listening to you now that could help them if they're thinking of, you know, making transitions in their life? Well, uh, the first 
first thing I would say is to take baby steps because even though I had that feeling of saying yes, um, I did have to develop my intuition because I had pushed it down for so long that to start listening to it and start believing in it and trusting it took, took baby steps towards that. Um, and, you know, not to push things down in your body. I was, I was very, or just pushing things down generally, they land in your body. And um, I'm, what I'm concerned about is getting sick if I push things down too much. Um, and, you know, setting out an intention um, with the idea that, um, you're not necessarily going to be concerned about how it comes back to you. You just to set up the intention into the world and um, it, the world will bring, will bring it back to you. So can you give me an example of how that intention setting, doing it that way has worked for you or for a client? Um, the trusting in the universe of setting, setting intentions out. Um, and then letting it come back to you. Well, knowing that I'm on the right course, you know, I, it was a big career change to, um, to stop what I was doing for 25 years and then to turn into something, into a profession that I was not an expert in. And trusting along the way that I was on the right path and saying, um, I'm with people that I want to be with. They are supportive, they're loving, um, and I'm learning so much. And I, I'm having such a, a great time because my curiosity is, is heightened and um it's stirring up all kinds of things of i'm really am where i should be right now and to trust that to trust that that's if if i'm supposed to be a psychotherapist then um the clients will come i don't know how they'll come i don't know in what form they'll come but they'll come and the idea that my intention is to help people in transition, that that's what I'm putting out, that I'm helping people in transition. And I will receive those clients that need my assistance in that way, you know. Um, and just allowing it for it to take the time that it needs to take. Like, I think a lot of us, like, want to rush to results. Like, they, when I've noticed, like, so I've been an entrepreneur for a few years now, and that's what I've really noticed in terms of people that are successful and people that aren't the people that just want to rush to success. And then they give up, you know, it's like, Oh my God. Like I, I, <laughs> I remember the first retreat I tried to sell. <laughs> I thought the way that you do that is you put out like, like you put up a poster and you put up one post on social media and then it just gets filled up. And if that doesn't happen, like you're a failure, right? <laughs> So it's just like, you learn as you go, right? You learn as you go that, oh, you know, this, no, no, no. 
I try something and then it fails and it's go, I, I learn like in that case, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I need to communicate a little bit more and maybe I need to announce it more than four weeks ahead of time, right? right. So, so you just, you learn those things. So mm -hmm. one of my coaches once said to me, you either win or you learn. And that's what being an entrepreneur is, right? You learn something or you win. And, and there, so, so it really is, there is no failure because failure is just an amazing learning opportunity, which is a very relieving place to be for me after being a lawyer who like, literally you can't get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very positive way of looking at it too. You win or you learn. There's no negatives to it, which is wonderful, you know, cause we, we, we are, built with a negative bias as we yeah. go through life and just clearing that negative bias is great. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's just an important point about what you were saying about like not rushing to the result. Like, it's like, I've created this intention. This is what I know will happen. I, how do I know it will happen? Because I, I just know that it will eventually happen because I'm going to keep figuring it out until it does. I'm going to keep setting out that intention. I'm going to, keep creating that energy and it will definitely happen. Right. Because it's I like, have the patience to make it happen. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like ordering something on Amazon, you know, you, you, you press uh, pay and whatever goes on behind the scenes um, goes on behind the scenes and you get your package in, you know, three, three to five days. You're not looking at the route it's taking yeah. to come to you. You're just saying it's going to arrive. I don't care yeah. how it's going to get to me, but it will arrive. And yeah, I that's a really good analogy. You're not saying, hmm, is it at this terminal in Mississauga right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't really care, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it stuck in traffic somewhere? I don't know. And if you get a, a little note from Amazon saying, sorry, your package is delayed. It will be coming on this other date. You don't kind of freak out and go, oh my God, it's never going to come now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So that's trusting the universe. That's trusting, trusting in your own power to, to manifest things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the biggest difference in your life, Barbara Ann today and Barbara Ann 10 years ago in the consulting world? What's the biggest difference in your life? Mm. You can pick more than one. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, the biggest difference is um, the lack of stress today. I don't have the stress that I did 10 years ago. Um, I'm enjoying my life a lot better now than I did then. And I'm with people that um, are supportive and loving. And um, I really feel that I'm in my niche Right. So savvy souls, this is what happens when you say yes, follow <laughs> the threads, stay open, right. And follow your intuition. So um, as we wrap up, I would really like to hear how you help people now, how people, what kind of people you work with, what kind of problems you help them solve and how they can reach you. Um, well, I work with people who are in transition Mm -hmm. And, um, and transition can mean anything, 
really. It's um, moving from one stage of your life to another. Um, and whether that takes the physical form of um, going, going to university, changing jobs, changing careers, changing family dynamics, whether that be um, empty nesters or, um, or divorce or, you know, people um, in the process of grieving. Um, and that's the very human experiences. And sometimes um, we're not really taught how to go through these transitions yeah. that help us, you know, like it's kind of like the philosopher's stone, you know, that you, you, you grind it into becoming gold. You know, right. these are times where we can grind that stone into gold and that, and it's not the easiest thing to do, but it's a very worthwhile thing to do. You get to know yourself in a deeper way. Um, you get to heal certain things that have happened to you. And you come to an understanding that um, all parts of you work to, um, to support you and to protect you and, and to have that feeling that you're coming together, like you're, you're, integrating parts of yourself that um, you might have rejected in the past. And those aha moments where, um, you know, I've been in therapy myself. So I'm on both sides of the therapeutic uh, chair kind of thing. And it's the thing that I like about therapy is that I accept parts of myself that I didn't before, but these aha moments, I was like, oh, I didn't look at things or I didn't look at that that way. I looked at it in a totally different way that makes me feel awful. But if I look at it in this way, I feel good about myself and I, I feel richer and fuller. So it sounds like quite a healing process is involved. It is. Amazing. It is amazing. So, so Barbara, how can people get in touch with you? Do you have a website or are you on social media? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me through Psychology Today. Um, that's, that would be a good place to, to start with. And what do we look for under Psychology Today? Uh, Barbara and War Therapy. Okay. And it's B-O-I-R-E? That's right. Yeah. And is it Anne with an E? No E. No E, no dash, Barbara and War Therapy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And any place else we can look for you? Is that, that, is that where people really should go? That's where people really should go for now. Yeah. Okay. So Barbara, and it was been great having you on the podcast today. And I think people are really going to learn a lot from this episode. And I'd really like to thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about uh, such a wonderful thing. I know you've been on this journey as well in, in looking at um, coaching and aspects of, you know, bring all parts of us together. So I, I love talking to you and uh, hope to continue speaking with you about this subject and many others. Hey, Savvy Souls, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It's so fun to see all the different ways we can get from where we are to the place that we want to be. I think BA is such a great example of 
how to use intuition to help you move forward in the direction that's best for you. So some important points I just wanted to recap for you is that you can be a person who's been pushing down your intuition all your life and with very little practice using it and still become very adept at using it now to get great results. Second, it's better not to rush the process. Take the time you need so that you can learn to hear it and to really trust it. Have that experience of using it and then trusting it. And that's something that can't be rushed. And then finally, don't get all overwhelmed and caught up with trying to figure it out. Don't be so concerned about how it will all happen. Just know that it will come back to you at some time in the most delightful and magical and so often surprising ways. So that's it for this episode, Savvy Souls. Hope you enjoyed this and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care now. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.